Welcome to Lat B, the only podcast that comes with a free bandits bonus. Lat B, where MMA and UFC get silly. This is the Lat B Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode 204. The morning after, and oh, what a morning it was out of Brazil. If you guys ain't watching, you're missing out because there was plot twists, there was turns. I was heading on by the edge of my seat. But before we get into that hell of a breakdown, if you aren't noticing here, we're taking it to the next level. Look at the fancy new gear. We trying. We trying. Let us know what you like, what you don't like about it. Uh, definitely what you like in uh Maybe some fun interaction we can end up putting in with you guys. Yeah, so for the audio listeners, which is like 90% of our audience, um, if you ever want to lean onto the YouTube or if you're never understanding something that we're talking about uh, verbally, we're going to try to implement a television in so we can take uh, different segments of videos or at least photos, especially when Emmanuel's trying to do a breakdown on something very specifically on what he's trying to highlight or low light about a fighter. He can put it up on the screen. So for those of you that are visually uh, impacted, you can tune in to our YouTube, which I'm sorry, we are trying to show it a little more love. Try. I feel like if you look at the studio, <laughs> it looks like way better than the OG videos, but um, hey, these renovations don't come easy. It doesn't, it, it costs a little bit of money, it costs a little bit of time to get it all figured out, but hey, we coming at you and still having breakdowns. Betting-wise, last night, it was a fun one. Uh, not as profitable as I wanted it to be, but hey, there was underdogs I have days. to be honest. And I'm going to be honest with our audience because I try to be. And I also find that the more on- honest we are, the more audience we get. So in my honesty, I did not win on one card. <laughs> I was in the money until the main event. The main event. I went heavy oh on Rose if you follow in the show. Yeah. <laughs> it was brutal. I did not win. It was not a good night for me. Yep. I was wrong everywhere. Everything I leaned into. It really just, you know, there's no such thing as a rule in MMA. There's no such thing. We try to cre- I, I I live my life by trying to create a rule, so it's like stick with what you know, but it did not prove like a night for that. It did not prove like a night that Brazilians who? Brazilians don't win in Brazil. If this was the first MMA match you ever saw and you based the rest of your life on this, you would never think Brazilians win at home. <laughs> true, 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 true. It was, uh, the judges did fairly well, though. The refs were doing a pretty good cause. Love the crowd early on in the night. Um, but, ah, uh, there was just some MMA magic going on. Because they were things that you can't plan for. You can't plan for your knee buckling or going... Ah, you can't plan for so many other things. Uh, it was, though, as we were saying, one of the issues... You know one what of the I appreciate, had, and I think the audience probably does, too? You won't... You were like... Like me, I'm like, you can't plan for your knee buckling or getting slammed on your head. You're like, I'm not giving away a fucking ending of the movie right in the breakdown of the <laughs> fucking first sentence. Like, our fans probably appreciate that, too. It's like the Game of Thrones shit that we just drop. 
You just all of a sudden, I cut to the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but you didn't have to know it was that. If you didn't watch, I wouldn't have given anything away. You only know if you know. For sure, for sure. And we'll eventually get there. But it was one of those things that we were talking about on the fight card as far as fighters. But I think there's other stuff we actually have to talk about. It's worthy oh, of talking about. Oh, for sure, for before sure. Before we get there. Uh, but I was just going to say, as our prediction real quick, I was saying, hey, some of these fighters don't get their bags. They have issues getting there. Jared Cannonier. Being one of those guys who didn't have his gear, mouthpiece, or training gear until two days before the fight, three days. So just saying, these are things that do matter when you're traveling at times, and it does affect him. Eventually, we know for him it all worked out. But all in all, it was a fun Some night of fights all over. Know. True. Some people might not know. True, they might true. be listening to Lat B being like, oh, I can't wait to hear the ending of these fights. That's why we letting you know. So before we get into all that, it was a fun night of fights all over. A day of fights, I would say. There was all sorts of Russian leagues. Um, there was a Bellator card that we didn't even touch into. We were all steady, uh, knee deep into this Brazilian card. But there was a couple profile matches and it was Pitbull versus Chandler, the other Pitbull brother. That was a quick knockout in about a minute. I know you saw the gifts flying around there. Michael Chandler was done. I know people were saying early stoppage. To me, it looked like he was pretty hurt. I looked know, like he curled over. I was kind of one of those people that leaned that way the first few times that I saw it, um, where I was like, oh, that was early stoppage. Because uh, then I followed the action, which if you followed the action after the knockdown and it was stopped, uh, then you follow Lima on his way out. But it took me to like the third or fourth time to watch it to stay on Chandler. And if you stay on Chandler... He's not getting up. There's a lot of celebration that happens that Chandler's still on the mat. And that allowed, like, I reeled my opinion in about it that I was like, it was the right call to make that as a good uh, ref. Good ref. Good ref. But, wow, what a fight. That was so... A minute? I mean, how long did it go? Two minutes? I, it was an early one. But that you was always just say like, the lesser Lima and other Lima waivers. And here oh, it's just like this Lima is fire. No, 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 no not no. talking about him. I know you don't the mean him brothers. when you're talking about okay. yeah. Um Oh, I, I thought he was one of the Limas of the lesser Lima. Because no, the two brothers. The, the other brother in the UFC is, is the lesser, lesser Lima. Lima. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah. But it's like, even when we're you, because we, most of the time we break down UFC fights. Yes. So usually you talk about him, and I always kind of feel like he's a six fighter, seven fighter. I don't ever hate on him. So it's like weird calling him the lesser of something. And then when you see this brother. Lima brother fight, you're like, oh, I understand why he's the lesser Lima. Yeah, exactly. His brother is definitely a fire. He was out there against Michael Venom. Page MVP himself getting in there with an actual high level competitor, and that is what I was talking about with the stuff we had to get into. Oh, but we do have to get into this because this was also one of the most brutal knockouts we've seen in a while. It had all sorts of hype to it. I'm surprised we again we didn't talk about this, but the Bellator brain, the, the they're just doing such iffy fights, and one of them we didn't talk about was that Jack Hager versus uh, the meat worker, the guy who was literally one in one, and. Uh, all sorts of fat, literally just overweight. And then Jack Hager the actually... Meat <laughs> a butcher. I guess he works in a meat factory, so not really a butcher. But uh, Hager held on to that triangle choke for a good over five, six seconds where Joey Beltran, the ref that we like here, big old handlebar mustache guy, actually was like, let go, let go, and split him up and was like, get over the there. With the braided? Yeah. Okay. Big old handlebar, Joey Beltran. Love the man. Good Instagram. I really recommend it. But Hager really leaning into the heelness of being just, you know, a douchebag because obviously he was going to win. He didn't have to hold on a submission. Everybody was okay, but 
That was also another highlight, not including Michael Venom Page turning into a puddle of mud all in that canvas, having Lima then land some hammer fist that didn't need to land, but the leg kick started it out, sweeped out Michael Venom Page's legs, and then an uppercut that it looked like only the two front knuckles, the, the two knuckles landed on the edge of his chin, but he went full on trash bag out the window like he, he spread was out like frogger to me yeah he spread out like Lim- fully flat, flat flat he was out night night what i absolutely loved about that knockout is i remember michael venom page making fun of a few ufc fighters i don't remember who it was specifically but him saying uh maybe it was uriah hall and he's like trying to do the uriah hall like on chicken legs that he got knocked out and then he like fakes falling down now you got your own di- dance michael venom page now you got your own dance it's called going lit what? It's called death dropping. Happen to what? everyone at this level. <laughs> exactly. And that's why you don't talk shit don't on that bet. level. Yeah. It's because it can happen to you. But that's still not what I'm even talking about yet. Well, let's get into what you're talking to about. To me, the biggest news that happened, I almost couldn't even pay attention last night. I felt like my energy dropped out of the room when I found out that it is official. In Chicago, a- in a month away, Cowboy Zeroni versus Tony MF. El Kukui Ferguson. Is that official, though? It is official, official. I saw a tweet that was then deleted, supposedly, earlier by Tifer, that he was saying, uh, I don't know what people are talking about. Champ I thought it only. was not only official, that they it was not even the main event on the card. And if you look at that UFC Chicago card, it is thick. Super thick. It is thick. Ultra thick. They're giving that old mob she card, got that, that she, real. She got that Hillary Duff thickness. <laughs> the you. Hillary Clinton thickness. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank the you. Chicago. I ain't about that. I ain't the talking Chicago. about that. Hillary Clinton was uh, uh, Al Capone's lawyer. Oh, I totally, or her dad Clinton. I totally agree with that. But I'm just saying, look at those Duff pictures. She looking all sorts of good Hillary lately. Duff. <laughs> the weird part about the bad pick of that, like out of the two Disney girls, I remember like, you know, when they were coming of age, um, the Hillary Duff and um, what was that other girl? The Miley Cyrus. I always thought Duffster is my girl. I, I think Duffster is the cuter I, girl. I, and Miley has turned that now. Like now you're like, they aren't even on the same level. I don't. I like them both for their own qualities, but I will say with Miley Cyrus, she is one of our vocalists of our generation. Like she literally can. That's sing. what I mean. Yeah. Like that's what. That's what but, I mean. She's taking it up where she's like an A-list celebrity, yes. whereas like Hillary Duff's like Christina Cavallari from The Hills or whatever that. I just TV feel show. like though with all those vocals, it she's got that Hank Hill butt. <laughs> like I can't get down with that with uh, with uh, Miley Cyrus. I'm just like if you're built like a plank, I don't know, not for me. That I'm more much that Hillary. Yeah, I'm not Duff even talking about get down on. Oh, that. okay, that's what I was talking about. Package I thought you were about, talking about like, cut your hair. That level of things, uh, like with Hillary, where she's at now, just compared to oh yeah uh, Miley. It's like, but they were there was a time that Hillary was the bigger broad true see and this is why you guys listen to <laughs> because we go deep we go deep <laughs> we do um, go so deep. that and then there's also that one i heard is official for okay. ufc chicago i love it though by the way i um, still which is a month away and that's crazy the thing that i heard that's not um which we kind of I feel like we murmured about it on the last show. But the thing that I heard is not official, but they started talking about it last night or the night before, Nate Diaz versus Pettis. I have been also hearing that they've verbally agreed where I'm like, 
That don't even count. If you Twitter agree to something, both of you guys, like get out of here. Show the contract signed, or don't even don't even talk about it. They're just creating does all sorts even, of unnecessary even if it's hype. Signed, right? Does that excite you? I I think when it's Diaz at all in general, yeah, I want to see him. At what weight would it be? Fifty five. I'm guessing. I don't know. Because Pettis only yeah. looked good at seventy. Oh, I'm just yeah. saying. So. I'm not that excited for it, honestly. It's not even close to Cowboys. Oh, not I mean, even in the same breath. It's like Miley Cyrus, Hillary Duff. Ah! <laughs> true. That is so true. That is exactly, and that's a full turnaround. We don't even need to go any further. We can start breaking down the card. We had a 12-card bout officially post-weigh-ins. We had Betch Gohea come in five pounds overweight. You know how most of those fighters have been uh, winning. For me, didn't really matter just because we know how that bitch does things. So still ended up playing against her. But what also ended up happening was that there was a late place, a late replacement after our breakdown. Uh, Vienna Arugio from uh, 115er ended up coming in for Gatto, who was already a replacement for Bernardo uh, against Titiana Bernardo, and that fight ended up being on like two days short notice, and we had a debuting fighter that we didn't even break down. Honestly, I didn't even go look into the tape because I've been so busy. I didn't have time. I just saw Trujillo Ferreira's out, and then all of a sudden I'm like, "What? Gatto's not in here too? What the hell's going on? What is happening?" Uh, this is, I, I honestly have to say, I was so glad I was leaning back thinking hashtag stay away. I'm so glad I listened to the Lappy rules. I was even patting myself on the back far too early in the night. Far too early in the night. <laughs> Definitely, Arujo came in at again 115 pounds, but. At 135, her debut in the UFC, she looked like she belonged more so than Bernardo did at 135. Bernardo's thick, slow, and her gas tank really hasn't showed out. It really played later on into this fight. The 115er was bodied up. I mean, the fact that she makes 115 is amazing to me. We can end up blowing this up. On press prelim. Interesting. We are figuring this out as we go. look at this. Boom. So we had nice. such a fun one here. But Aurelio, if she stays in the division, if it's 25 or 15, she's going to be someone to deal with. Muay Thai on point. Great head movement. Moves forward. Um, everything I saw from her, I was like, again, it was Bernardo, but short notice. The fact that she did this, I like what I saw from her. I do think Bernardo needs to get on out of here, though. That's three in a row for her. At 35, especially against the 115er, there's no reason for her to stick around. I like what I saw from Lerugio. That's someone at any division is going to be hard to deal with. Uh, the level of competition is still fairly low. What you take I away agree, from this though. one? On that short notice to come in at this level and um, perform like she did, I felt like she had Bernardo on her heels running from her by the end of the fight, and she just looked better everywhere, even cardio. Cardio to come in on this short of a notice and look good. Um, it makes me want to stay far, far away from Bernardo. I'm glad I stayed far, far away from her on this fight. Not that it mattered by the end of the night, but um, I still agree with you. I think Araujo, Ruggio, she's somebody, Vivian. I think she's somebody, Vivi. I think she's somebody to watch going forward. Totally um, this agree. This is a pressure player, and you you can't train hard, people. You can't train hard. All I got to <laughs> say, well, there is, though, a little bit of a Latby conspiracy that I got to throw out there is that she's only fighting out of Brazil um, with those Brazilian that's doctors. That's true as long as she keeps fighting out of yeah, Brazil. Exactly. I won't get down like that. Because that, I'm like, get USADA on her case. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. She was just looking 
all sorts of thick in there. Moving on to 135 pounds, we had Ronnie Barcelos, the heaviest favorite of the night, come in against debuting Carlos Hachin, El Perro Malo himself. TKO round number two, four minutes, 50 seconds. This one, people are saying, was a little bit early, but I mean, the fight really was Barcelos the entire time. There wasn't a point in time that Hachin uh, looked like he did land a few good shots. It's a good southpaw. Was saying I like this tape, but against Barcelos, just this guy's way too good. It's really interesting that they even gave him this high of a, or Barcelos this low, but it was also a replacement fight. So I think Kashin though at 135 pounds looks good. I think he can beat other guys. We got to remember how high a level Barcelos is going to turn into. So all of a sudden, the more Barcelos wins, the less bad this looks. And again, I thought this was a little bit early. Um, I didn't think Kashin was all the way out, out of it, but he was getting pummeled. I mean, it ended up in side half control and Barcelos was just landing hammer fist non-stop the ref came in but I saw defense there I he wasn't out out he wasn't Rosanama Yunus out who <laughs> was it he wasn't all sorts of uh Noguera type of out but I think this is small of us with us here and talking about it we should be able to put up some slight videos on here and be able to drag them forward and backward in time in time things are gonna happen you guys oh you guys things are help. happening right now change is occurring um but what do you take away from the biggest favorite of the night coming through with Barcelos the finish? Barcelos looked good everywhere. And for me, I was like, don't stop it. Even though I had him, he's one of those few guys that he will overcome the deficit of the amount of points he gets for round closure. So I was like, let it go to the third. This guy's slaying it in points. Like, he was just doing so good, laying out so many punches, and he was winning everywhere without really being in danger anywhere that I was like, I didn't care if it continued. So sure, short stoppage. It was one of the far, uh, like, very few great decisions I made throughout the night. So. And I had him on, I think I played six cards, and I had him on five of the six or seven cards and had him on six of the seven, so I was super... That's not true, because there was also televised cards that came out. Right. And... Um, he so, wasn't on yeah, those. Yeah, he wasn't on those. But uh, at the beginning, I was super happy. And one card, my highest price card, I changed everything, but I didn't see it, and I had Ferreira on it. That's what we're not talking about right now, which I'm glad I'm bringing it up. My highest price card had a big fat goose egg. Oh my gosh! Right when the night started, it was. It was. It made me just not even want to. Yeah, look, you don't even want to look at your DraftKings at that point. It's like an amount I spent on a card that I never. That's absolutely brutal. Do you know officially why Trinaldo versus Ferreira? Because they both weighed in and made weight. I have zero idea. I I actually did not know at all until you told me, and I was like. Oh, I had Ferreira everywhere. I was riding him high. Me I he was too. Nasty I actually little. split both of those guys up, but that did end up changing my cards somewhat. Um, same with that Gatto picky. Well, no, I didn't play Gatto at all. But either way, going back to the ladies at 125 pounds. Oh, wait, real pounds, quick. Barcelos, is he the only other Brazilian to win tonight? No, I think there was a couple, two, maybe three. But only if other Brazilians oh, yeah. were fighting. Right, right, right. It was, right, right. It was Brazilian versus Brazilian, Brazilian type of fight, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, on to 125. So, what do you take Marcelo's away from... also, we're only going to watch him fight in Brazil, and he's still just the second fight of the night, so it is what it We've is. We've seen him in America. Uh, I like where we're going with him. I think he needs, by far, a much a ranked opponent because he's definitely there. But, like I'm saying with Hachin... I like this young man. I think that this loss is going to make him only better now that he understands the level of cardio he needs in there. And it's, uh, someone who, to not sleep on, I think. People are going to be surprised at that southpaw. He has better movement than I 
thought, and he has the growth right now as young as he is. What do you take away from the debuter? Um, not the the competition was such a gap that I didn't really see anything from him that made me exciting. So just his survival, as long as he does, the only thing I can take away, and that's really not enough right now. I need to see another fight from him. Okay. But at this level, I would, yeah, give me him in another fight, probably around the same level, like on the second fight of the night or something. Definitely agree with that. On to 125 pounds, we had debuting Luna Carolina defeating Priscilla Cachuera in a three-round decision. This was absolutely sloppy. <laughs> this was one of the worst fights of the night. One of the worst fights of the year, honestly. I know that they were moving at a high pace, throwing a lot of stuff out there, but as far as technically, skill-wise, this was something that almost made me throw my drink at the TV a few times. It was so bad. The fact that they let Carolina was literally just grabbing for a guillotine and jumping into guard and then able to get up when she wanted. She was throwing lead elbows with no arm uh, or no guard in the back. Anybody with a three punch combination and a little bit of head movement is going to eat Carolina up in there. Anyone with a ground game is going to eat Carolina up. Cachuera is probably one of the lowest levels we've ever seen in here. And I don't think Carolina is too many steps above. The fact that it was a, it was a sided three-round decision, two to three rounds went to Carolina. The fact that it even won the decision, ugh, I did not like this fight. Do not watch this fight. Don't pay attention. I don't think that they're going <laughs> to stay Don't tell a friend. Yeah, this is one to skip. This well, was this is bad. what I actually have to say. If Cachoeira goes forward and we see her fight anyone, know about her that she is a punching bag. She is hard to finish. Even at the, no matter how many strikes, head kicks, head kicks, yep. head kicks, she's hard to finish. She's not throwing a ton out there. I feel like Carolina might have been in danger maybe a half a second out of the whole fight. But also her... I don't know if it was Carolina has such low-level submission attempt uh, IQ or if Cachoeira just is that's the one thing she's okay at is getting out of submissions. Yep. It was just time after time after time. So if Cachoeira fights again, know that her opponent is going to slay some points, uh, which is a good thing to know going forward just as a better. Like, oh, anyone going against her, she's going to survive long enough for somebody to lay out a ton of punches and maybe really hard to get out of there. So, but... Now we're finding out that that Max Holloway fighting style of you don't need a finish to get over 120 points. Right. Um, that's good to know we're, for DraftKings. I like what you're saying about Carolina, though. Even on this win, the fact that she couldn't finish Cachoeira is like, come on. Come on. Like Valentina could. <laughs> Just uh, saying. Just saying. Didn't they go to decision? No. No. But no. It was it, like <laughs> it was a murder. There was people feeling bad for her. Like, why does the UFC do this? Um, but... With this fight, Carolina was about 89 points, 90 points she ended up scoring, but she was in that like 8,900 for a debut. Uh, again, I'm looking to probably fade either of these ones. Cachuera on a three-fight losing streak, though, hasn't won one yet. Do you think she gets her walking papers? Because I think it's time to get out of here myself. Um, I, I Normally, I would, but it, in the women's division at these heavier levels, especially at what... The 125. No, I think you're right. Because even if you look at somebody like Roxanne Monteferi, which was a mid to low level opponent coming into this division at one time, she has stepped up leaps and bounds and we've seen growth. Whereas Cachoeira just is still, like I was saying, a punching bag. So I think you're right there. I think Carolina, let's see another fight from her. Cachoeira, get, get on out of here. here. Time to go. 
Moving on to an- another and one. Anyone that's going to write us at lesboandthebean at gmail and um, send us something that's like, oh, that's so sexist. I say those ladies and that fight was garbage and sloppy. Um, we're moving into the next fight. So Where, If there's a time to get on out of here, it's at 155 pounds. We have BJ Penn. Coming in. Oh my god, long imagine time either or two of uh, these guys going forward. Well, in I, this division. Clay Guida still can be, has beat a couple guys here and there. He still has a f- spotted record as far as the UFC in the last few fights. But the fact that BJ Penn is on a 7-8 fight losing streak, hasn't won a fight since 2010. It's just time to get on out of here. What else see, do we me, need to I see? See, for me, I have to say the fact that Guida couldn't get BJ Penn out of there is all the more reason that he needs to get on out of there. <laughs> <laughs> both but, these guys, I, said that I, w- I wish they both would have been like... Oh. I mean, I still think, though, Clay Guido was the one pressing the action, but it's not hard to against someone who's just moving back after the first uh, few minutes of the first round. BJ Penn is just, again, goes to himself. Do we really need to break it down all that much? Clay Guido's going to come in against a young guy, eventually get finished. He still has uh, that gas tank about him, but BJ, I mean, the best gif of this all was BJ Penn at the end of the third round going to the cage, and someone, I think Dave Madden, saying, like, Oh, this is BJ Penn's career. Him trying to rest in the MMA, bringing him back in, and that's the best thing of this fight. Other than that, I don't think you can really move forward with either one of these guys and be confident. This fight made me so uncomfortable that instead I just want to talk about a technical thing real quick that yes. I want to do. I'm going to just start making these. Oh, I like them. And then we'll just scroll through those as we go instead of going to tabology. Because sometimes these pictures can be deceiving, especially for a guy like Shane Burgos. If you look at his picture, Shane Burgos is a world beater, and I love him going forward. But if you look at his picture, he looks like superhero level. Like, he's never going to be beat. There are certain guys that on these pictures, like, look at BJ Penn there. Oh, I he agree. Looks he looks good. He, he looks, looks ready. That's him before Diego Sanchez. Back in my, 2009, 2008. My wife hated Clay Guida. And you always say about him, which I think mattered here, which it even made it even questionably close here where I was nervous for a second just because of the name of BJ Penn. That hair. Every time BJ Penn landed, you could see it. it because you can see him. that hair all beat around. And so I was calling Guida the Muppet while we were watching him. Um, he kind of reminded me of like Jim Hansony, And I, I want to see both guys out of there. The only uh, yeah. Clay Guida being this heavy of a favorite is redunk. The fact that he couldn't finish BJ Penn at this level is kind of redunk, and I think it's dangerous. I think either guy going forward is a first round knockout for somebody else. Interesting. I don't know about Clay. Like I said, I think he still has out of the two more in the gas tank, but again, it's probably a fade out of there for those guys. At 170 pounds, we had. Two Brazilians coming in against each other. Do you think it ruins a legacy like BJ Penn? Uh, yeah, we he's said it before. A, yeah, and he's before. had a record now less than Lobov. That's what, and that's what's ruining his legacy and what people are remembering now. It's not all these classic battles. It's now, oh, remember that eight-fight losing streak where he was getting fin- almost finished by the people like Clay Guida? Like, that's what you remember, where you should be remembering splitting uh, Diego Sanchez's face wide open with that gnarly head kick, so... Unfortunately for BJ Penn, he's got to stop. He's just got to get, just take a rest. Drop. Yep, exactly. Go to submission. We've been telling you. Much like this next fight we're about to talk about. (laughs) At 170 pounds, we had two Brazilians come in. This is where the other Brazilian went throughout the night. Before we even start talking, 
this fight you were dead on about, in my opinion. Interesting. I felt like Worley just outgrind and out wrestled and shut down. Like pretty much if you listen to the last episode, that's exactly what happened. It was a fun one out of 170. Worley I was defeating Sergio Marias in three minutes at four minutes, 13 seconds of the third round. But I mean, this was never not Worley Alice's fight. Sergio Marias pretty much stayed on the back foot after the second leg kick. You could see Marias was having issues and I liked how the commentators were like, oh, Marias has notable knee issues and isn't liking those. Told ya, told you guys. His knees have been- Chewing his leg up. Yep. Meat grind. Where he could barely move, couldn't throw strikes. And then when he wanted to get to the ground, he couldn't because Alves had a good enough takedown defense. But that uppercut that finished it in the third round was- I feel like Marias has been knocked out like that before as well, where he just rolls- Flat he out. actually froggered, where yeah. he just fell flat and his hips his, wide like, open. Yeah, his Ugh. chest plate hit the front of the mat, and then his knees, the inside of his knees and chest, all were flat on the mat. That'll just give you an idea of how his body was. It was definitely great. a brutal finish, but uh, I don't know necessarily as much the breakdown other than Worley looked good in there. But again, it was against somebody who was thirty six years old and look and has had a long career like Morris. I think that. Worley's still susceptible to that grindability Barbarina style. If he, again, he's a front runner. If he's beating you up for three rounds, he can do that. But if you're pushing back on him, I think he really starts to, again, that third round slow down. So if he's a big favorite against a wrestler, uh, be tentative on that. I'm just saying. That's what I really am. Okay. Really because it's hard for him. me to not jump on a heavy bandwagon. I feel like I watched him kind of struggle the last couple of years, and he finally put it all together, and did what he's strong at. He just looks so good. I, I know. I also think Marais, if you're trying to build up Hall, like, for whatever reason, right. that's the, that's his next fight. Marais Hall. Uriah Hall? Like, no. Uh, who's the guy that just beat uh, um, BJ Penn? Ryan Hall. But Ryan Hall's uh, 155 pounds, not 70. Oh, uh, okay. I still think that's a safe fight for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Marais, oh. I kind of fade him as well. Yep. I would agree with that now. But it's I just, like what I saw from Alves, and I also see what you're saying is don't jump on the bandwagon, it was Marais. Exactly. It's a little bit of both on <sighs> that one. <sighs> Moving on to 155 pounds, we had Thiago Moises coming in against Kurt Hollibaugh. This was a three-round decision. I ended up having a submission, but uh didn't come through. The slight favorite did come through. Oh, it pulls up your record. I wonder if you could sign out from it. Oh, and it not says... A, unless well, we you, you're them. like, I don't care. Oh, I don't, I'm, I'm not worried about it. it. I, I, don't, I that's, pick, that's why they're here. I pick 7 of 12, right? So above that 50%. Oh, then you don't even mind. You're uh, like, here, look at it. I'm still what? plus. What? Still in the plus. It was just that main card. I don't even know how many I got. Woo, that main card for me was what really burnt me up. But still, get, I got Moises as far as the right pick over Hollibaugh. Hollibaugh, surprising at how big of a man he is. He just really towers over guys. At 32 years old... Uh, he's should be in his prime right now, but the 24-year-old Moises just really had his number everywhere, striking on the ground. And uh, as this fight went on, Halibaugh was close to getting finished a couple times, and especially at that third round, Halibaugh just turtled over. If he would have done that uh, 10, 20 seconds earlier, that would have been a TKO. So Halibaugh, it's probably time for his papers on out of here. He just can't compete here. He has a size. He I has got a three of 12. Wow, that's rough. That's embarrassing. That's a rough one. That's Woo. embarrassing. Hey, everybody has a bad night. It's MMA. That's why we love this sport because 
guess what? Next week, you can go 11 of 12, 11 of 13, or 13 of 13. It's the way it plays. I just wrote my rules to a... And you know what? I went against the... I said, I don't think I'm going to go heavy in the paint on this card. And then I kind of went a little heavier than I would have liked. <laughs> Always tends to happen. But what did you end up taking away from this fight between Moises and you know, I loved everything I saw from Moises, but I kind of felt about him the same way I felt about Cachoeira, where I just felt like, is he a punching... Is Halibaba a punching bag? Is he just a guy... Like, he did not look great anywhere to me. He just got picked apart at every single angle. I was not excited about any thing I saw and so I really wanted to get super high like by a like no I'd be like mm, why don't you give me half O? why don't you give me half O, Moises I would really like to get super high on that for a little while and put them in like one of those bongs that you um, crawl up on your roommate's bunk bed and you have to be like lean it down <laughs> lean it down um, that's how I kind of feel about Moises where he's the guy I wanted to ask you is he, um, you always talk about Nardiev, is he in that Nardiev chain? Did he look that good? No. Or we can't feel that way because it's Hollaball? Uh, we can't feel that way because it is Hollaball. Oh, Hollaball's, I was so, I just yeah. was like dang, could this kid be putting it together any better. Hollaball um, just has questionable fight IQ at times in there, and there was a lot of it throughout the night, but Hollaball was one of those guys that I feel like he had a certain either combination or position working for him, and then he just completely would go what he was losing at again, but that's what Hollaball tends to do. He just tends to get uh, beat in every single little, I mean, he hurt Burgos and then got submitted. That's just... And you can't hold on to Hollaball too much. Again, I think it's probably time for him to step away from it, get a couple more wins. If not, keep on doing what you're doing. As we were saying, um, with a few of these guys, and we're going to keep bringing it up, it's time for them to get on out of here. Hollaball might be one of those guys at 32. Did you happen to hear late breaking here as via Mother's Day Sunday morning, Tom Duquenois officially retired? I believe he's late 20s, early 30s. Duke Amois was a hype train coming out of France and really had a mixed showing, I believe, going like 2-1 two and one or 2-2 two and two in the UFC at 135, 45 yeah, pounds. I... It... Did you see that news? No, I didn't see the news, uh, but, you know, Duke Amois is on this place with me like the bone crusher. He's like right there. I don't know if they started on the same car. Around the same time, yeah. Uh, But they're Diakesi. They're just kind of in this, even the amount of hype given to them when they first came out of the gun. Like it was just like douche, like hype trains. Both of them shot out of the cannon. Both of them kind of fell flat. So. Um, I guess he of late just look good where... I would have liked to see Duke on one more fight. Right. Agreed, That's a little agreed. bummer to me. I Yeah, but I wouldn't have noticed if you didn't tell me right now. But one of the things I, I am going to say with this is uh, what I really appreciate from Duke Amois and what we always tend to bet against is if we find out these guys have full-time other jobs... Uh, that's where we're like, hey, we don't want to put our money on this guy because he's not committed. And Duke Watts specifically came out and said, uh, I'm doing other professions right now and I just don't feel like I can devote all of my time to MMA. So I'm going to choose to go Smart. another way. Right? Smart. Like, dude, you're saving some brain cells. And it's not forever, especially at this level. Exactly. At and you're a UFC level. fighter for life. You fought in the UFC, UFC fighter for life. You're good, man. I just really like what I saw from him. And the I think big dookie. A lot of other guys can Enjoy take that retirement. Route. Stay retired. Please don't come back. Exactly. I think Halibut could be in that boat. Unfortunately, as far as UFC, um, it's just nothing but tougher fights along the way for that I just don't man. like that mentality anymore. That Chuck Liddell mentality that Halibut represents to me of just that, like, 
<sighs> let's just get punched Brawl. where it's just yeah it just doesn't work at this level anymore it's just getting further and further away like you got to be a thinking man as well you can't just be right. a tough man and even every brawler we've seen come into the sport as a brawler eventually turns into some sort of tactical striker because they're like oh these guys will put my lights out. Like, this ain't no joke. Do you like everything you saw from Moises? Uh, everything. Everything I, I saw from too. him. Gotta but, again, it's got to be a little tight about the hype train. Next fight, maybe Nardia. Eh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> because uh, Halabot ain't no Perseris. That's why Nardiev looks so fucking dope. There, That's a Perseris that yeah, you know Yeah, but Perseris is like... A dreadful five minutes and then just a ton of tired muscle. He wasn't for years, though. He used to be five hard EPO rounds. Like, no um, joke. Speaking of, now let's move into uh, Minotauro. Noguera, <laughs> Little Nog himself, came in as Is a, this Little Nog? This is Little okay. Nog. Okay. I was um, like, is this Little Nog? Is this, this Big Nog? This is Minotauro Noguera. Um... He was the actual boxing credentials guy in there. He came in against Ryan Spann, one of the bigger favorites of the night. The 15-5 and five fighter came in as a minus-130 favorite. I had a decision with Spann. I was just hedging my bets a little bit because I do like the boxing of Noguera. But we really saw uh, when you're not fighting Sam Alvey sometimes that how you can get your punches going because Alvey tends to be such a counter-striker. Spain didn't give him any time. Spain immediately came in and shot for a takedown. Actually took Minotauro right down, started moving, passing guard. Minotauro got up. They boxed it up a little bit more, and uh, Spain came in with another shot. I feel like Minotauro blocked that shot, and then Spain just started throwing hands, and he was just way faster. Um, Spain striking is developing, but it is not high, high level. His ground game is still definitely his best game. Uh, Noguera on the ground showed that he was a little bit iffy, but... The fact that it was a knockout against Noguera, I can't put that much um, stock into it as well just because we've seen other people do it. Span is definitely much more of a ground guy. Going to be tentative on the hype for Span, but he's going to be probably like 9-3 against whoever he faces next just because this was a first-round finish, two minutes and seven seconds I know, the fight. it's almost not enough to be able to tell. Exactly. Um, my hopes almost is that he goes against a guy that lost on his last fight by decision, and he's a huge hype train, so I can go with the other guy as the underdog. Um, I can't believe I had uh, Little Nog anywhere. Looking at his body, even at weigh-ins, I should have gotten completely off of it. Um, but with Friera falling out, I didn't have him anywhere, but then I ended up putting him on some cards because I had to change some things around with some fallouts. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wish I could get down on Ryan Spann, but I just was not impressed anything that I saw with Noriega. So, no, Gareth, <laughs> I was just going to let that one go. But yeah. if no, you're not... Sometimes reading it is what Fs me up. Sometimes I totally I look agree. at it written in written word. Totally, totally agree. But if you are uh, definitely having liked and subscribed in order to get all them picks and all that other good stuff, be sure you're following at Zoltanite, at Weeknetbaby, at Lesbo, in the bean. At Labby on Instagram. Be sure to follow for us. For the hardcore fans. Ooh, look at that, look at that bitch. Look at, we're just losing people. <laughs> we're losing fans. Just like that. <laughs> but um, if you're also needed, if it's already a little bit too late, a belated Mother's Day gift will always come through from that LatB15 from Lather & Company on Instagram. Be sure to get any and all purchases with that extra 15% off. From LatB15 in the coupon code. Remember to shout it out. It helps us. Let us help you. 
make amends for that late Mother's Day gift. And what I was going to think, I was trying to think of another gift that we could say, go to latherandcompany.com and get a gift, get a gift. What about if you just get a gift for yourself? If you're a lady or a dude out there, why don't you pamper yourself? You deserve it. You work hard. You put a roof over your pet's head or, you know, put milk in your kid's mouth. You do things. You take you you take people to you put shirts on other people's backs. That's that's crazy stuff. You should go to latherandcompany.com, take a bath, take a shower, make your skin soft. You know that like if you have old leather skin, uh, try it out. You look like you've been kicking around flour. I, maybe you need to put on some body frosting. Maybe you need to smell good. If you're if you're somebody like floral, earthy, sweet, they have something there. Um even if you're not going to buy anything at all, humor us. Go to latherandcompany.com and just put in LATB15 so you can remember the code and maybe go back later. But look at their website. It's super cool. It's super cool. On to the pay-per-view. Oh, wait, are they following you at Zoll tonight? Are uh, they following me at Weekend Baby? They should be because I you know we them. had bets. You told them. We know we give out bets. I think we did tell them. Opening up the pay-per-view, though, we had this fight move up because we had that Ferreira fight fall out on top of a few other ones. And I'm not only addicted to the fact that you can make it big whoop, and small and whatever whoop. you make there, you make here. I think it would be super cool if you had a pin so you could do, like, play-by-play. Oh, oh I do. There's so, time. Like, if they flip over. It's time. I'm There's just, time. If people were thinking that we had time to really uh, imagine what we could do with this, uh, you don't understand how we do it at Lab B. This was installed minutes before we went on air <laughs> live and in charge. So Well, maybe it's nice when people support our sponsors. Exactly. Maybe things keep coming at you. It's only going to keep getting better from this point on. We're always thinking about you guys. And this bitch came in five pounds <laughs> overweight, ended five up... pounds. <sighs> Didn't even try to cut. She was in there just. Uh, Who's the last fighter? Who did Nardi have beat again? Prigeris. Isn't he the guy that would come in five pounds overweight? Oh, like eight or nine pounds <laughs> overweight nonstop. But that's why we always kept betting on this guy, on Prigeris as well. Where Betch, that's one of the rules. We're usually betting with them, but still... I just don't like the stylistic matchup. Uh, I actually ended up... I didn't put this out there, so I shouldn't be bragging about it, but I know... C over here saw it. I had a third round inside the distance prop for uh, Aldana. And it's just because Betch really wears in that third round, uh, especially after not making weight. I'm like, she didn't even try to cut. She wasn't on the road running. So we really saw first and second round, Irene Aldana. Uh, if you watch her Instagram, she's always putting in that cardio. And I don't think there was really a time. There was maybe one overhand right the entire fight that Betch Cohea actually landed. And Aldana pretty much... Head on a swivel, really liked her boxing in this one. Good takedown defense, but Betch Cohea doesn't have the best, best takedown. So, in the third round, Betch was just really wearing it. She had all sorts of cuts in there. And how did this finish officially go? I have to disagree a... with you. I felt like Betch would have got the dirty split, and oh. she was actually winning on the scorecards everywhere, and she had more strikes up until the moment. I do think Aldana was taking over in the third round, but the first and second, I think Betch could have sneaked out, especially being hometown. Um, I know I was almost going to pull up the numbers just now and see what they were, but I felt do like it. the people kept saying the fight metric, like, whoa, Betch is winning everywhere and every... And I know we say the fight metric isn't the only thing, but... 
Um, Maybe I'm being a little biased because I was betting on Aldana as well. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, she's definitely winning this fight. But I would agree. Here on the show, we broke it down and we said dirty split in Brazil because Betch does this and so does Aldana. They both go to split. And if this wouldn't have finished, I wouldn't have been surprised if Betch won this. If it went 29 Yeah, she, was take, she took over in the third round. Um, I, I know. So I think straight I can overall go statistics? By, uh, round by round? Round. Score. Round 2018-2018-2018. Oh, no, those are the actual scores I know, from I'm trying them. to see who's for who. The judges. Maybe Aldana, maybe. Interesting. Yeah. The new stats that we'll end up getting. But overall, Betch, 80... Betch was at 41%, 81 of 196, and Irene Aldana was 83 of 247. And at 33%. So Aldana threw 200 strikes to the 196 of Betch Cohea, but she landed three strikes literally more. Well, her strikes were landing a little bit harder. There was a couple of those combinations, I believe, in the second round where Aldana threw a three-punch combination. And Betch Cohea's head did one of those whap where her head shook back and rattled really hard. So She was just eating kick. Yep. Eating a kick. Non-stop. Out of the two. Again, if this would have went to the scorecards, a dirty split wouldn't have surprised me. I think because we were in Brazil. Yep. And the, totally the crowd started to get into it. They, I think they started to lean the judges a little bit. Um, I do agree with you. Aldana was totally chewing Betch up for that third round. But um, until that point, I thought it was too close to be comfortable about for somebody that had as much hype as Aldana going into this. Which I get three me, to one favorite. Yeah, hey everyone, calm down. Oh, I think you're making this. a great, great point here. And the right, right, right. But she did at a three to one favorite finish her fighter, even though it would have yeah, I like what you're saying there. All right, all right, moving on yeah, to and the fun one. It's betch too. Like, it, it's it is like, betch. It is. But so, it is a five pound heavy betch. Which is a little unfair. It's a different weight class bet. <laughs> what a bet. On to 170 pounds. We had Leonardo Strapoli, Strapoli coming in and defeating Tiago Alves in a three-round decision. Uh, this, I had Alves a decision here. This is where my night really turned to shit. I got the first one wrong, had all the other ones right, and then I got these next to all four of them wrong. I'm going to say Staropoli's name three different ways while we talk about this ahead of time. But a funny part, did you notice at the point where the announcers got, because they have somebody repeat it in their ear how to say it. Did you hear at the point where they felt comfortable saying his name that they all could not stop saying it? Staropoli, yeah. yeah. No, just just like, oh, I got it, I got yeah, it. You're yeah. going to say it. <laughs> would be the same way like which how do you feel about the announcers anik john anik dominic cruz and dc daniel cormier being the three announcers in brazil i actually hated dominic cruz in it i felt like he was just trying to instigate daniel cormier and feeding him lines like hey dc you need to talk about this and dc's just like at by the end of the night like hey man maybe i don't want to give away all my secrets like (laughs) One of my favorite kind of restaurants, and I don't know of anybody else out there, and I don't even know if they have these kind of things, but there used to be these things in America called malls. <laughs> <laughs> and you used to go into these things, and they used to have, yeah, they would have the food court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know. But there used to always be another restaurant inside malls that was a cafeteria-style thing that you would, like, go in a long line and then go down where people would, like, hand you dishes of things. 
and they would have everything you go and it got cold all the way to hot food so you'd like first walk down and it'd be like salads and then you'd get to a place and it'd be desserts and then you get to a place and you work up to meat and vegetables and hot soups and then whatever you'd work your way out and then where all the steam was delicious bread butter simple you paid for each item as it went that kind of comfort and happiness is how I feel about Daniel Cormier doing the announcing. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting he for it. reminds me of just that, like, very... It, it seems like, how can you put all together all this perfectly simple stuff and make such a complete happy meal? I want to... This... I'm, <laughs> I just want to say it is comfort food, soul food, yeah. and Daniel Cormier. He is soul food. Can and take that for what like, it's worth. Yeah, I will take an egg custard and a Salisbury steak. Yes, please. Oh, I was going to say a, a bucket of chicken and some gravy and mashed potatoes. That's what I, I feel like. Get racist with I, I don't think that's racist cafeteria. because he agrees with that. DC yeah, but I, I know, guys. but I was just staying with my cafeteria, like, idea of what I, I would know. order from the cafeteria that was, like, of those lines. Like, yes, give me that buttered biscuit that is so moist you can almost see water sitting on it. Maybe you even open it out of a plastic container and it's like, how did that steam get inside? If you go to a chicken joint and by the time you get home you can see through the bag, that's a good chicken joint. Just throwing that out there. Fried chicken joint. If you can see through the bag by the time you get home, you eating good tonight. The, the grease is just chewing through, chewing that, right bag. through that bag. That's my favorite, and that's soul food. I'm but just saying. Either way, Dana Cormier <laughs> reminds us of a happy, like in our belly, good food, getting down. Dominic Cruz, on the other hand, he's like the tuna casserole. He's a lima bean soup. He's like a corned beef and cabbage. Yeah. Like you eat it and you're like. It's hearty. That's salty. Yeah. Like he. It's good for you, probably. <laughs> you're about to go on a moon landing, and you're like, um, you don't even have to put water in it. Just give me the tang in a Ziploc bag with a spoon. I'll just eat the tang. Just give me the tang. That's kind of <laughs> how I feel. Good and to know. You guys can edit that and just have me saying "eat the tang" because that is good advice as well. That but, is yeah, good advice. Dominic Cruz, he bothered me more than I enjoyed him, but I just think Daniel Cormier is awesome. Agreed. He deflected the punches really well, or the jabs as well, um, from Dominic Cruz. But there was times I feel like I could even hear DC just kind of be like. <laughs> like, other guys don't like working with you. Well, the other thing that I really liked about DC is he said, and Dom for this matter, this is the one compliment I'll give Dom and the whole respect that I liked about both guys. They should be winning this fight. This fighter had at least two of those rounds. They should win this fight. I like Joe Rogan never does that. I loved that they were, it, it made it a little harder that if the fight was a robbery, Right. We all would have noticed. I like that they put their opinion that I'm like, I can agree with them on that. Right. Even though sometimes we feel like the announcers are biased, the judges shouldn't hear what the announcers say, but I do like that announcer puts their opinion on being ringside. So that is the one thing I did enjoy about both guys that they were talking about. So in going back to the one-sided decision in Stripoli, this was a fight that I really was surprised at the gas tank of Stripoli, and I think that was the biggest thing. I like his flashy kicks and punching style. He switches a ton in there, has a strong straight left hand in there, but we've seen him just gas a little bit, and he took care of that gas tank. I was just waiting, and I feel like the announcers were as well, for uh, Stripoli to really start to slow down in there, and he never did. Alves as well really weathered that first round, really looked like he was waiting to get going in that second and third. I was predicting the same thing, but uh, Stripoli just kept coming with those kicks and punches. He really, the minute or the second 
that Alves would try to come in uh, with any type of offense. Strapoli was right back in his face with not a one-punch combination. It was three, four punches with a kick turned out in there. So as far as a young man looking forward, this was a huge step up for him. And he passed with flying colors. I like what I see in there. Take down the fence as well. He had to... He, Alves took him down in the second round as well with a deep double leg takedown. Got him all the way down to the ground. Stripoli got right up to the cage, got up and out, and even threatened Alves with a few takedowns. And Alves is a great wrestler. So, again, Stripoli, for me, outblew his potential here. Uh, a lot of people were on this young man, and I wasn't. I thought, again, the veteran would come through. My eyes have changed. I think Stripoli is someone to definitely watch out for. The new breeds coming in and really taking over. These guys are they are doing it. I like what I see from this welterweight. What did you take away from this one overall? This is one of those weird fights that, dare I say, that I like both guys as underdogs going forward. I think both are going to be sneaky little picks. I still think Thiago Alves has one or two, and he's not going to be favorited, even fighting in Brazil, unless it's against somebody like really new blood again uh, of this nature. Mm -hmm. But I like what you're saying about Staropoli, like uh, going in there three rounds with a guy like Thiago Alves in Brazil, to so to be able to handle that kind of adrenaline spike and then dump, um, and then still go in there and have the cardio to hold up three rounds in this kind of grind. I like both guys going forward. I enjoyed this fight. Uh, it didn't bore me at all. Um, they chant, you're going to die. <laughs> Nonstop in there. That one, definitely uh, something you're going to have to get used to whenever you go in Brazil. I like that the announcers kept having to justify that. Do you hear them not throughout the night? Yeah, like this is what they do. This, this is yeah, their thing. Yeah, if you've ever seen MMA and had one Brazilian in the crowd. It's free advertising. Yeah, that's exactly... Uh, What's going down with the Brazilians? So at 145 That's I was doing pounds, the topology for people that I said free advertising. It wasn't to Brazil. I was moving, I was like, it's not just going to sit on topology. <laughs> <laughs> 145 pounds. We had what should have been the co-main event, and Alexander Volkanovski coming in against Jose Aldo. Again, having Aldo here picked in a decision. Both of us thinking the veteranship of Aldo was going to come through, hoping that that leg striking game was going to come in and it really didn't he hasn't kicked those legs for a long time and he didn't hear and Volkanovski just stayed in Aldo's face I mean Aldo held the center ring for that first round but Volkanovski as the second round and third round came about I mean it was amazing head movement by both of these guys I can't remember the round um I will say I gave Volkanovski all three rounds even on my verdict I Volkanovski won this fight the whole time had higher strike output landed harder shots um just really flustered although in all the areas i although will still be many other fighters in here but Volkanovski, i just have to tell you these numbers because they're please. so drastic they're different. so bad i i too gave it to Volkanovski. and you had although aldo winning a decision and I had as well. aldo, but it was just um it was a display it makes me it's like part of me wants to be like whoa aldo's over but no i just think Volkanovski is that high level the numbers of total strikes aldo 39 of 90 total strikes Chile. total strikes 39 of 90 uh Volkanovski, 129 of 215 wow Wow. That is so wow. crazy. Uh, significant strikes, 29 of 79 uh, for Aldo, 95 of 176 for Alexander Volkanovsky. Also crazy. And then significant strikes, that would be 53%. 
the only thing I have to say, and I'm going to let you get all into this, the only real credit that I have to give Aldo is for going against a now monster that I know Volkanovski is. Uh, holy hell, the guy's takedown defense. You're not going to get minus money on Volkanovski again, probably even. I mean, he's the number one because Aldo was the number one contender now. So it's going to be Volkanovski against Holloway. Um, again, that city kickboxing team. Adesanya's coming out of there. Uh, is it Shane Young? Maybe he's just out of the region. There's a couple other guys coming out of that city kickboxing scene. I think Kaikar France. Um, but people you got to watch out for because, again, they're all well-rounded. It's one of these gyms. Hooker. Gar- Hooker, there it is. One of these gyms that uh, for years to come we're going to be like, oh, remember when they hit on the scene? Because they're just going to keep pumping out beasts. They obviously show that they bring out well-rounded fighters, not just striking kickboxers. They bring out takedown defense, uh, scrambling ability, just uh, thinkers as well in there. They're not brawlers. Every single guy coming out of that kickboxing, city kickboxing, thinks on their feet and adapts. So they're training them to view the fight as a whole. I'm going to say something controversial that would have gotten more heat a little while ago, and I don't think it will so much now, but Alexander Volkanovsky is kind of the what I always wanted TJ Dillashaw to be. It's like huh. it's like what he's doing right now and his skill set. It's kind of what I always hoped for TJ. I just I think his hands look good. I think he has super fast footwork. I think he's super well rounded. Where his takedowns are just as dangerous as his punches. And it's like he has all the skill set. Um, so far, still testing clean and the age to really make a play. I know it's a oh, heavier yeah. division, but it's that kind of. Just a super well-rounded guy. And to see it displayed, he'd have to have a dancing partner like Aldo. And it's what I used to hope for TJ. He's like a scorned hero for me. Whereas now I'm like, ooh, I love Volkanovski. I love what I saw in Against Max Holloway, who do you love more? Because that's the next fight. Max. Coin flip that mode. I'm going to say Max as well, but Wow interesting fight all of a sudden and what that is because i mean he just took out the number one ranked guy there's no way that he doesn't have max next regardless of when it's at what i loved at the end overall he was getting booed all I that have stuff to disagree Ooh. i think there's um not only i i think there's this looming brian ortega that i think volkanovsky has to go against first interesting max has lost twice to at 55 though no, no, no. I, or I'm sorry. Uh, Aldo has lost twice to Max in right. a row. That sets him further back to me. Max, but he beat Moicano and Stevens, who would, they would have got the shot if they beat Aldo. The fact that Aldo kept fighting again is because... I just think Brian Ortega is still up there. I just think he is still in the way of Max. Uh, but, I mean, I think that's a pretty easy fight to, re- to look at. If you really look at Ortega, Volkanovski, who are you picking right now? Volkanovski, right? Over I don't know. It's that same kind of idea of um, who would win of Khabib versus Tony Ferguson. It's that same kind of idea of jiu-jitsu wrestling at its highest levels, in a way. But I feel like it's a lot like Max versus Ortega, where Volkanovski pieces up Ortega because Ortega's just that far behind on striking. I don't think... I think... I'm almost weary on what Ortega's people are going to do, but then you also have the looming question that neither of us have said a word about, which is so fucking unfair. What about Frankie Edgar here? 
in this whole equation as well. He's lost to Aldo. <laughs> he can't fight Aldo again. But, no, but he's just been sitting at the top of this totally echelon agree. that he's not getting the fights that he needs to get the money fight. Um, I just think this, because of what Max is doing and how he just went up to fight, if if the UFC is going to do right by Max, they just got to give him a little bit of time here, where I actually think Volkanovski's kind of fresh off this fight. He looks so yeah, good. Yeah, he didn't get touched um, at all. That I feel really? like he could have a minimal amount of time and they could stack another card with a guy who's also fresh, like Brian Ortega or Frankie Edgar mm-hmm. for Volkanovski. I don't know. I don't know. I also might be just protecting my Max Holloway from <laughs> Alexander Volkanovsky because the islands are giving the run. So giving the run out there. Who are you or where are you going with Jose Aldo from this point on? Because, I mean, it wasn't a it was a one-sided fight, but he still held his own. If I'm, he's going to fight the King of Rio, he becomes, I think Anderson Silva should retire and Jose Aldo becomes that guy that fights three-round fights and is, like, third. He always is on a main card, but he's right. not quite... He fights a Clay Guida next. Yeah, I don't think... I think Clay Guida might be 10 pounds heavier, but of the same vein. Exactly. Older guys um, now. I felt like I kind of agree with Connor in a way, that he looked a little juiced in there, because Connor tweeted that out, like, oh, no, he's on the juice again or something. Um, I thought his body looked like old-school Aldo. Um he didn't move like old school. Nope, Aldo, that's though. what I and saw. So as I well. also still feel like Max Holloway is he that much level better up, or did? And I think all these guys are they're like ten percent. They're the one percenters, yeah. you know. When I say this, so I'm no disrespect, but it's like did Jose Aldo did the ass whooping he took for Max Holloway twice in a row just make Max look that much more superior in a way that Jose is just not Jose isn't moving like he used to. You know what I mean? It's just oh, very quick. Like Stevens Moicano, like he came but in Stevens bed. is a guy that, you know, as much it's as we love Jeremy, people are like, he's chinny AF, and, you know, he comes in there with tons of brute force strength, but, you know, technique goes out the window at a certain point. Like, he is a guy that's like, I don't know. I don't know. I think Volkanovski, I like everything I saw from him, and it was that much leaps and bounds above Aldo that we know he's there. Who he gets after that, whether it's Ortega, whether Edgar uh, or Max, and I don't even care if you put both, all these guys on the same card so they could fill in if somebody falls out. Um, he's ready for it. He's the top echelon of this, and it was that much level better than Aldo. So, it was no such hate, a great no fight. Hate. Such a great fight. Definitely one that you can go back. Aldo and of Max. You, then, can, you can go back and watch this Volkanovski-Aldo fight, though, and you really should watch it if you want to look at good technique because both of these guys, again, it was such a high-level fight in there, IQ-wise, both of them, just the little steps and then the slips from both guys. I mean, Aldo and Volkanovski's head movement was just... Oh, Unbelievable. Such a fun one. Then we went to the main co-main event of the night where we had Anderson the Spider Silva come in against Jared Cannonier and end up getting finished at the end of the first round, 4 minutes and 47 seconds. This one, I mean, not much to say other than uh, Anderson Silva came in with a prior existing injury, said he wasn't feeling good on that knee at all, still decided to take the fight, and Cannonier said earlier on in the week, I need to get my leg kicks going in order to work. I kept saying he was at Fortis. I was wrong on that. He's at the MMA lab, which I feel like is in the same vein as Fortis. Both of them are young and up and coming. Uh, same with City Muay Thai. It's the new breed as much as the new fighters. It's these new gyms being like... We love to see a hungry gym. Exactly. Never a thirsty one. Exactly. <laughs> Team Alpha Male. <laughs> so, this one... Um, 
I don't think he could have really planned for the injury. It was, did Cannonier really flat out win this fight? I think I would I was giving the round to Cannonier. I don't think Anderson Silva was looking necessarily bad in there. But as soon as that knee was done, I mean, it was over. It was an inside kick directly to the knee, and Anderson could barely walk on the way out. Ugh, I hate that if you beat Anderson Silva now, people are like, oh, this is title contender. I this totally is the hottest agree. shit ever. Like, when are, it's like Homeboy's been on a losing streak. He hasn't won a fight in a fucking decade. No, I don't know how long it's been, but it's been a grip. And everyone acts like, oh, Jared Cannonier is the next big thing. Adesanya, next big thing. All these people, next big thing. Ugh, I can't believe I went with Silva on this fight. I'm just mad at myself. I'm not, because I thought it was still going to go to decision, and you can't predict a knee coming out or coming an injury in, And by now knee. when you look back at the whole entire open workouts and everything, you're like, homeboy was injured that whole time. Da- you can tell. You can look back, and you're like, even like creeping God. across the stage, getting his clothes back on. He was like, give me my clothes back. Give me my clothes back. This is why we got to watch all the tape, <sighs> but there has been a bit of MMA fatigue rolling in the joints. I'm just saying. It's been heavy duty fights And we got fights coming now. up. I know. I got to get in a tape study tonight, and I just started the summer term. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> things get deep in life. And, hey, amongst all this, I know, the I was time actually already thinking going? for the people that follow us on our Instagram at uh, LATV underscore MMA, um, where we do all of our awesome picks and stuff. I might not even do this card and release picks because I want to get on next week so we can have them up here. Like yeah, now right. you need to get like, ahead of the game. Yeah, it's like, oh, when am I going to have time to do it, too? So I'm not starting school, but everything's every day is a winding road. Oh, every day is a learning process. Definitely, definitely is. And again, as we were saying, as much as you can't plan for a knee coming out of its socket or being injured in there, you can't plan for a slam finish. And the people on the MMA Twitter saying that, I told you Andrade was coming through. Uh, Shut I saw that the fuck! Get out of here, you sons of bitches. That is the stupidest shit. I mean, yes, it's land. It's credible. This was a TKO finish. Round number two. Rose was out. But before that, I gave a 10-8 round. I'm going to back you up right now. Go ahead. You know what it reminded me of? What was it? Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler. Yeah, 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 where it's like, told you Robbie was going to slay it. But did did it? Did it? But Rose was out. She landed on her neck in a way that hurt my heart. In that first round, um, I mean, Rose, it was a 10-8 round. There was also a slam because uh, Andrade, when she shot in for that takedown, Rose immediately went for the Kimura. And Rose held that Kimura in the first round. And then when she tried to slam her that first time, um, Rose actually went for the submission armbar off of that. It almost got it. And Andrade was like, oh, a little tentative. But the crowd was quiet. Everybody was quiet except me because I was like, yeah, Rose is coming through. I mean, that Holy jab. Holy hell, Bandit and, Bonus, Rose Namajunas. In my opinion, true. Rose Namajunas, you could have put her up there in that performance that she was having against the caliber of opponent like Jessica Andrade of all the people, yeah, I told you she was coming through. If if you would have just let that play out for all the Rose haters, Rose would, looked she was Valentina Shevchenko. She was making Jessica and Josh look like Hohea. A million percent. It was percent. insane. It was. It would have been a one thirty point. It would have hundred thirty points on DK. Level. It was insane. Like the amount. As much as, if you play that fight back for me ten times, Rose wins at nine. Agreed. I just don't totally even understand. Agreed. To me, that was a flash. And you guys, I even knew I was going to come in, and even I thought about this already. 
I know I'm going to get shit and people are going to say haters, 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 haters. I love Jessica Andrade. I think in a way she's like a distant number two to somebody who's so great. But what you cannot, if you can't see how much better of a martial artist that Rose Nami Yunus is than Jessica Andrade from the display in that octagon, then I just don't know what to tell you. Because you're like, oh, it's five. Yeah, that was the rules by that. Sure. Even ten other rule sets. Rose Nami Yunus wins nine out of ten fights. Like she is just, she was just better everywhere. She pieced Andrade apart, and we oh, think Andrade's oh, danger zone. Oh, She's scary. Her, in that first round, Andrade's head was whipping back like Bech Cohea's earlier in the night. Power too, power, yep. power, and foot movement, head movement. She was cutting off the cage. She was backing up. I felt like her. I can't even. Th- Rose there's was men. I'm in. trying to think of a dude who just reminded me how schlick her footwork looked. Stephen Thompson. Gosh, it was so good. It was very bounty in and so out. It was so good. But. And then to think, a Stephen Thompson, now like you would say, if I were to say to you, what if I could add one skill set to Stephen Thompson to make him the most dangerous version of Stephen Thompson, what would that skill set ground be? Ground game. And what does Rose have? Yeah, she has a oh slick ass gosh, ground game. Free. I have to tell anyone, watch that fight. You want to see a display of like technique. And, and you were telling him a fight previously to watch. I almost feel like don't watch oh. that yet. You know, like don't get on this ride unless you're this tall. That's like a fight that you that's like you know it's not one oh, for although you're not going to appreciate right. it right away that's the same as this you're not going to appreciate how great this fight is until you really understand the intricacies of ufc that's why we love mma though because everybody has a puncher's MMA, chance I'm sorry, yeah. a, a puncher's chance a slam chance everybody's got a shot everyone can land that knee even if you're pat barry and you're all of a sudden knock check congo down three times in a round check congo can come back with that one punch and knock you out it's that uh Pat Smith, where he broke his rib and threw the knockout right hand at the end. It's why we love this sport. But anyone who says they call this, and I've seen quite a few people on Twitter being like, oh, see, I knew that. I knew that. Not one person I listened to or anyone online said slam KO. Nobody. Nobody. Afterwards, oh, yeah, but nobody. So get out of here with that trash. Be honest, guys. Okay, what about this, though? Did you think Rose was relieved that she lost? She said so herself. Yeah, she said she I'm didn't relieved. want that weight. She, what she and wants to do. have to go back to Ioana. Said Rose didn't want that weight. Yeah. She said it's a lot to be the champion. It's it is a lot. lot to be champion. Well, I, what sucks, though, for Rose is that she just wanted to make enough money, which this would have been, I think, her retirement fight because she would have made enough money potentially, maybe one more. She probably still will because she's a champion, so she gets pay-per-view. Of this, right, yeah. right, but she doesn't get it later on. But yeah. she still gets higher paydays now that she's been a champ. Um, she wants to make enough money to buy a farm. And what she's not saying is, once I buy my farm, I'm retiring. But Ooh, that's I gotta a- use the restroom. It's getting <laughs> that's long. A daily. That's ideally what she wants to I'm do. I'm leaving. You're going to have to close it out. <laughs> so, remember to like and subscribe wherever you can. It was a fun one. It was a long one. On the morning after. Hey, we've been trying for a long time. Thank you guys. Wherever you're at, like and subscribe. Remember, we here, we doing it for you. Thank you for everything. That beep!